This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farm's Advice and let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the OptiWay series where we're connecting data to increase your productivity as a farmer and specifically as cattle producers right across Australia. But we're focusing in on the East Coast with this series. And on this special episode, we come from a unique position of having the ability to look across different operations and see what the gaps are, what they're needing, and also how they can increase their own productivity on farm with Nikki Henderson. So let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast, Nikki Henderson. Great to have you on today's show. How are you going up there? Yeah, going really well. Thanks for having me on. Well, great to have you on your very first podcast, one for the farmers to come on. Generally, it's their very first. Um, how's the weather up there? Are you pretty wet around your area? Yeah, so the weather, it's been a fairly challenging winter for us. It just seems to constantly rain um, and then as soon as it starts to dry it a little bit we seem to have another rain event coming through which just makes it challenging you know pasture growth has been slow lack of sun but yep. I mean constantly remind myself around the drought wasn't that far long ago so yep. it's you know there's money in mud but sometimes it yeah it's a bit challenging you yeah, know we've got a tiptoe around the area I say instead of saying we need less rain we just need more sunny days um, off the back of this and get that grass growing behind it 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think once we start to hit spring and get some warmer temperatures and some decent sunlight, yeah. it'll yeah be set up for a pretty good spring, I hope. Yeah, and get those temperatures up a bit. Last summer was actually pretty mild. I think we only had 37 at home, so hopefully this can warm up a little bit and get it going. Should be good. Yes, absolutely. So thank you very much for joining us on the OptiWay series where we sort of talk about data leading into productivity, productivity for your farm um, back home, but also productivity for the clients that you use through Henderson Livestock Consulting um, and how that plays out in that sort of role. So each of these stories are coming through quite differently, which is really good. We had Emily talking about how she's using it for adjustment five hours away um, and how that can play a role in utilizing ag tech, um, OptiWay and others out there as well. So great to have you on the podcast. Thanks very much. Glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. So let's get into it and tell us a little bit about your background, your connection to agriculture. How did it all start for Nikki? Yeah, no worries. So I've been working in animal health, livestock nutrition, sort of this this space for over 10 years, um, which probably shows my age a little bit. Um, I grew up on a farm in Tassie and just have always had a keen interest for livestock production and Throughout my career, I've been able to, you know, work with different industries, whether it was pasture research in SA or um, even, you know, build my career and build my knowledge along the way and then started Henderson Livestock Consulting about 12 months ago, um, where I've been, you know, really enjoying working in that space, really focusing on improving on-farm efficiency with beef and sheep operations. So anything from grazing management, carrying capacity through to trying to solve issues through lambing and calving. Yeah, I think it's everyone's trying to, especially now the dollar's so high. Um, well, it's up there anyway, compared to comparative years for our livestock in those returns and just dialing down on efficiency. How important do you think that is in the role of using these sort of techniques and technologies coming along to drive that efficiency? I think it's crucial. Um, adaption to technology is, you know, vital in us being able to gather information, gather that data, as long as we're, you know, analysing it and using it to make decisions. Um, I think there's a lot of different things you can use out there, but I suppose with the producers I work with and even um, the tech we use at home, yeah. I think anything that helps us improve efficiency, you know, at the end of the day, the dollar is good, like you said, for value of beef and um, value of lamb and wool. So it's important that we're making, I suppose, producing as much as of those commodities as we can and yep. as efficiently just in an environment where costs seem to be increasing um, and the environment is ever-changing. So I think if we can use ag tech to really identify problems um, or drop off in production before we start to have negative effects and losses, you know, anything in that space is really well worth using. Yeah, and that's what I love about the talk about OptiWay and different ag techs, how the very outside of it, those drop-offs, you can actually see when they may not be doing so good compared to, yeah, they're doing really good the whole time, but you can actually manage it a little bit better off the back of that using the data, however often your frequency is that it's sent to you as well. So coming through that way is pretty important for those efficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
on farm, we've used the OptiWay system. We've actually got two of the units here because we've found them really valuable. Um, for me, one of the best times has been when we've got heifers that we've bought in that are in last trimester that we want to track their weight gain coming into calving at a time when it's not convenient to run them through the yards and stress them. So it's been hugely valuable of, you know, keeping on track of that they're not overdoing the weight gain and setting themselves up for calving issues. Yep. Um, as well as, you know, with the clients I deal with, it's a great way of us looking at how the stock are doing. Um, if we see a drop off in weight gain, we can hop in and do some worm egg counts or look at the pasture, do some feed tests so we can use additional data to sort of forecast what weight gain they should be doing um, and then can understand, you know, if they're not performing at that, what we can start to try and identify the issue before we start to see, you know, weight loss, which I think is hugely valuable when a kilo of beef is worth um yeah a decent amount of money yeah, however much it is at the moment um that's a new one for like using it for heifers to know when they're ready um for out in the paddock when to put the bull in is that what you're using it for getting them up to that certain uh, weight or no yeah um well this was more tracking their weight gain in the last trimester because yep. ideally right. you don't want them to be gaining more than 500 grams a day because that's their nutrition requirements um to meet the growing conceptus so if you're exceeding that that's when you can start to have problems with calf birth weight dystochia um so it's you know a, a tricky or can be a tricky period to manage and you don't want your heifers losing weight because then it can impact fertility as well as you know you can have some energy um, deficiencies so I just find using it at that time was really was perfect because you don't want to bring them into the yards and stress them um, and it's hard to see you know visually if they're gaining 500 grams a day you're not going to pick it until they've changed okay. quite a bit so hence the value in having those eyes in the paddock essentially with the OptiWay. Yeah, great stuff. And so to utilise your home block as your little sand pit, I suppose, is that what you've been doing currently and then sort of rolling that out with what's proven, what's worked? Yeah, absolutely. I'm quite lucky that I have, you know, we've got a large-scale farm um, that my husband manages that we can, you know, implement new technology and I can bring you ideas and we can trial them and see how that works. So it gives me a lot more confidence when you've used them practically um, before you start recommending them to other people. And you can understand, you know, the, the limitations to the system as well as, you know, some of the positive outcomes you get. Yeah, that's it. And it's also to point out limitations are always going to come with ag tech in some way and whatever they are and just sort of working with those along as they go. We're only really at the very beginning of agricultural technology and how it's helping us improve, optimize, and get our efficiency rates up um, and see how that plays out. But from you starting out in Tassie, what was Tassie like and how did you come across the mainland? Uh, I probably shouldn't have um, mentioned that I grew up in Tassie. I usually cop a fair bit of flack from that. But um, I suppose for me growing up in Tassie, growing up on a farm, I think one thing I've learned throughout my working career as you know, I've kind of migrated across from that, you know, you, you just did certain things. There wasn't a whole lot of understanding as to why we vaccinated or why we did things. So I think, you know, being able to educate myself um, and definitely, you know, progress in that so you learn what you should be doing and why the detail around that has made a, you know, a big, I suppose, being one of the keys for success for my business, just another practical side, but really upskilling the, the technical side to improve those efficiencies. Yeah, that's great. I think on our own family farm, if you just ask a why question, 
for the most basic thing, like why are we do, giving them five in one um, for our sheep program, our enterprise, um, just stripping it back and seeing how it, that, how it works and maybe if you can work it a little bit better. And that's probably playing out a lot for your consulting business currently. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, a lot of the times if you're doing something, you need a good understanding of why you're doing it. Is it the best time to be doing that? Is there something better you could be doing at that same time? Um, it's, yeah, it's always good to use your experience and, you know, history with what you've always done. But I think looking at that and the whole thing with adaption of ag tech is to keep progressing and try and improve the outcome. Exactly. And with experience and data, putting those two together, you can't go wrong. Oh, sometimes you can, but you're less likely to, I suppose. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, how about we get into it and talk about like what the operations your clients are running, um, what sort of challenges they've had across the years, um, and then also your experience with dealing with them and why they saw adoption of agricultural technology, ag tech, um, through OptiWay and other sort of services and how that's helping them lift their efficiencies. Yeah, sure. So the operations I'm dealing with are a mixture of beef and sheep breeding and trading operations, um, often do some feedlotting as well. So a lot of the challenges we've had over the last oh, probably even two to three years has been the environment. We've gone from, you know, it just stopped raining. <laughs> so then it was largely around just survival um, and really trying to, you know, get animals still gaining weight and trying to make a dollar there. So, you know, efficiently looking at different feeds um, and measuring the feed conversion, how they're actually, you know, performing. Once it started raining, it brought a whole new set of challenges around, you know, green feed, managing efficiency of that, um, sometimes coming into labbing and calving with excess green feed can present issues with anything from metabolic challenges to mineral challenges um, often see a lot more issues coming out of the drought than in the drought so I think it, and then you know the increase in value of stock as well so we're really trying to build stock numbers quickly so a huge focus on fertility so I suppose the ag tech side of things you know we're looking at anything from pasture monitoring to you know, your OptiWay systems as well as um, paddock management systems, just anything where we can sort of look at, you know, our poor performing paddocks, look at, you know, what we might need to do to improve the outcome and the production from those paddocks as well as our poor performing animals. You know, I think within any herd or flock, you've got your top performers, um, which are, you know, exceptional animals and just anything that we can do to try and identify them um, and, you know, make sure we're identifying the passengers in the system as well, the ones that, you know, are less fertile, might not be conceiving twins in a, you know, in a sheep operation where we focus on lamb production. So I think you know, anything in that ag tech space that gives us useful data that, you know, is is relevant to, to what we're trying to achieve um, has sort of been, yeah, the direction a lot of people have taken just to really try and gather as much information as they can so they're understanding what's happening on the farm and why. Yeah, absolutely. Coming back to improving your fertility and also you don't want to let go of your best animals um, and you can't, always do it by eye and especially now that we're moving and actually have access to these tools is pretty important and quite cool as a farmer as well on the ground and actually having the backing of you thinking that that's a great animal but is the data behind it as well and are they doing as well as the others um because when the dollar's this high this good this consistent as well currently 
um, you don't want to lose out on that for your return. Oh, absolutely. And I think of, you know, simple examples can be you, you that's coming into weaning that's weaned two twin lambs off her successfully and they're heavy lambs. She's going to be in lighter condition. Um, she, you know, won't look as healthy and yep. and vibrant as the others. And, you know, she could be on the cull list because of her condition where she's been one of your best performers. Um, same with your cattle. You know, if you've got fat cows coming in at weaning, you want to make sure they have an awfully fat calf. Otherwise, you know, questions will be raised around their milking ability and um, their ability, you know, to, to produce for you. And I think if you're not gathering that information and identifying, you know, if you haven't scanned, um, say, you, you know, your twins and your singles, so you know those potential twin mothers and, and looking at them, um, you know, from a... Yeah, understanding that they have produced more lambs, more kilos of lamb for you. Um, if you're missing that, you can make some poor decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So for the farms that you're consulting with, what has AgTech OptiWay done for them opening up um, for whether they're doing contracts trading or they're just looking to monitor, maybe they might even have stud or something like that. How are they using OptiWay and other AgTech currently um, to improve their own scenario? A lot of it is through, you know, forecasting weight gain. Um, so we're able to get live data. We can look at the pastures. We can, you know, make assumptions around what sort of weight gain they should be doing, but we've got that live data to come in and support that. And like I said, if they're not performing as well as we think they should be, then we can look at, you know, doing a feed test, analysing the, the composition of that, making sure it is as high value as what we think it is, um, assessing the parasite burden. But I think anything where we can, you know, get numbers around actual weight gain and help us forecast to help with a trading enterprise. Yeah. And then, of course, with your breeders, having that ability to, you know, set your critical mating weight targets both for beef and sheep, and then you can track their performance so you don't get any nasty surprises essentially when you're coming into to joining and then into scanning um, that they have met the weights on time so you get successful outcomes. Yeah, I think you can just dial it down and get a little bit more accurate each time as it comes along as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for yourself, you're in a pretty unique position, I suppose, especially looking across different operations, ag tech. Um, how have they changed across the different operations and how different people utilise them, do you think? Because um, everyone, not all farms are the same, as you would know. How... Or what information are they all collecting the same information from OptiWay um, and utilizing it, or are they utilizing it in completely sort of different ways as the operations change from geography sort of areas or maybe even demographics, the older, younger farmers? What sort of information are they chasing? There's a huge amount of variation with with every operation. Yep. And I think as far as the use of ag tech. Within, I mean, focusing on the OptiWay, a lot of the things they're looking for are similar around, you know, getting that actual live weight weight gain, um, sorry, that actual live weight data each day, um, you know, is is similar. But I suppose the adaption to ag tech is what varies a lot with, with different operations. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, seeing the value of it, getting confidence in the system that it actually does work. And, you know, even I was probably a sceptic when I first, you know, heard about the OptiWay and thinking how can half the animal give us accurate data around yeah. its actual weight. So, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone around needing 
you know, needing to see the proof in the pudding, so to speak. But um, I think, you know, yeah, it, it varies so much from operation to operation. I think Bill had to do a little bit of convincing for himself too, just getting two feet on there and see what the accuracies are of it and how that plays out as well. And I think it's great that these, like OptiWay and other ag tech are getting put into different scenarios and see, we're really trying to break the machine to see how we can um, break it down and work it with different scenarios. I think Bill's getting exceptionally well with taking across Australia to different farms, different types of farms and the way they're sort of utilizing it as well from yourself using it for your heifers just to see in the la that last trimester um, and how you see that important running to improve your efficiency on farm if they're not get, if they're gaining too much weight, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, you know, with ag tech, everyone's, although we're all trying to improve efficiency, we've got different focuses, whether it's fertility, whether it's trading operations and really trying to improve kilos of beef produced. Um, I think, you know, educating yourself around what options you've got and then, you know, looking at the system, checking it's working for you because not all ag tech does uh, or works in the farm space. So sometimes, you know, you've got to trial these things to see if it's going to deliver the outcome you're looking for. Absolutely. So for yourself, the your clients, how did they come about OptiWay and the adoption of it? Did you see that there's many challenges, teething issues coming into it and how they're analysing the data to actually utilise what they've bought? How did that work? Um, I think with any new piece of equipment, just the logistics around getting it set up, um, making sure, you know, I think sometimes with cattle, um, it can be challenging around them, you know, getting in and chewing things, um, having, you know, the system that's not, if it's not positioned level in the paddock can be challenging as well. So I think it does take a little bit of education around, you know, just checking it's working properly, checking that something hasn't been broken. It's feeding in because when you've got an animal that's weighing itself at different times throughout the day with different levels of gut fill um, can create a bit of noise in that information that's coming in so definitely you know look at it from a monthly perspective um, to get your head around the trends rather than just day-to-day -day can help as well um, just to take out you know some of that fluctuation but I think you know a lot of it is getting animals attending the, the station so having the right supplement in there um, comes back to fairly basic things around you know where you're putting it in the paddock um, what you're putting in there as an attractant you know, the, the class of stock, um, size of the paddock, um, water locations, you know, just, to, you know, be smart about where you're putting it to encourage animals to get that information. And then, of course, yeah, um, understanding like the data that you're getting and, and the fluctuation based on weather and, you know, all that kind of stuff, just so you can yeah. you know, make use of it going. So, sorry, I lost you there. I'll cut that out. Um, what sort of positioning are they putting it out in the paddock? Are they they putting it close to water just to get the benefit from having a drink out of the trough and then needing a bit of lick after? Yeah, location of the unit is really important in getting attendance from my experience. So you want to be, you know, putting in areas that they're frequenting, whether it's, you know, shade, shelter, or their water points, um, yeah, absolutely. You want to have it somewhere where they're likely to come across it. You know, if you've got a larger paddock, 
if they're walking, you know, to water, just make sure it's on their way because, you know, if they're not familiar with the station, if there's something in it that they're not attracted to, it can be hard to, to get them to walk on that system regularly to get that information. Exactly. And putting that in that position, they're going to be more frequent across that as well. Um, I think Bill was saying 50, 20 to 50 animals across on the platform each day was probably on average. Yeah, I I think that sounds about right from, from what we get. I suppose, you know, if you're like from the trading side of things, we'll draft our animals into weight ranges. So, you know, we've got fairly tight groups. So it's we don't need a whole lot of animals attending um, yep. to get an idea of what's happening with, you know, the trend in the mob. And then, of course, if you get one that comes on that's much lighter, then it can be, you know, an indication of illness, yep. um, that sort of thing. But, again, I suppose it's just having something in there that, you know, isn't attractive. But I suppose the other thing, thinking from the nutrition side of things, you know, you want to be smart about what you're using as well. Like if you're coming into, say, lambing on rich, oh, sorry, carving on rich green feed and you're putting salt or a lot of molasses, um, both those components, the potassium in the molasses and the higher salt, the sodium can be antagonistic to magnesium and cause, you know, pre-expose you to muscle issues coming into carving. So you want to make sure you're using something that's useful um, as well as attractive to them. And most times, you know, if they're they're needing a certain mineral in their diet, it will be an attractant. Um, so that can be the, the easy way to go about it. Absolutely. And you corrected yourself there from lambing to carving. But if you listen <laughs> to the first episode before, um, some exciting news for Bill. The sheep, the sheep OptiWay is in prospects, in progress. Um and when it, whenever that comes to fruition for farmers across Australia or even the globe now, he's in Canada and New Zealand for for the cattle one, obviously. Um, but I'll be pretty keen to see the sheep one come through and maybe even so your clients as well. Yeah, 100%. I've already had a conversation with the OptiWay guys. Um, probably asked them too many times around when the sheep units going up and running because I think particularly that lamb feedlot space. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, in your breeding operations, I think it's going to be fantastic once we get that that system up and running. Yeah, 100%. And some of the decisions that you've made off the back or your clients have made off the back of utilising OptiWay's data, um, you said like with the one coming through, a fair, like an outlier, quite lighter on, um, it is a bit crook. What would that decision be? Is that just to bring it in? bring that mob in or just to sort of identify that one and bring it in as soon as you can? Um, I think the first step would be getting out in the paddock and having a look and yep. seeing, you know, if you've got scaring animals, got an injured animal, and then depending on what you presented with, if it's scaring, you know, you can look at doing some worm counts or nitrate testing the feed just to get an understanding of, you know, what the cause is. Again, if it's a one-off or if it's starting to be, you know, a certain percentage of the mob, um, I think, you know, that sort of information is all the, the little red flags that help you try and, you know, be ahead of the game and try and pick up before there's more production lost in, throughout the mob. Yeah, absolutely. And I think these decisions as basic or extreme as they are coming off, just helping the farmer make less decisions themselves. How important or how have you used that at home um, with your partner as well, maybe? to reduce the sort of stress in your own head, making sure that 
the livestock are less stressed and yourself as a worker, you're not in the yards all the time and hopefully you're doing a little bit better in your own sort of management of the cattle. How has that sort of played out for yourself? Um, I think whether it's, I suppose, the decision-making or just the time saving is probably the biggest thing because when, you know, the people or the um, operations I work with are large scale as well as what we've got at home and you just, you're constantly under time pressures. So if you can have, you know, a system in the paddock that's giving you that information, it can help, you know, with your management around when you go and check those animals. Um, like that scenario you mentioned before, if you've got, you know, animals that should be all consistent weight and you've got one that's lost a fair bit of weight, that can help you, you know, prioritise checking that mob as soon as you can just to identify the issue. Um, as far as decisions, I think from the weight gain perspective, making sure they're on track, making sure that paddock's performing as best um, or as it needs to be to hit that that target weight. Yep. So I think that that's where the decisions or um, where it really supports your decision making. Yeah, 100%. And you sort of mentioned quickly before about trends. So for however long you've been working with your clients uh, and how long they've had OptiWay or different pieces of ag tech, what sort of trends have you been seeing off the back of the data? Um, and the longer that sort of goes on, the better and more important these trends will become um, for you to identify different situations, um, whether it's to do with grass management um, or you've got parasites on farm. How does that work? Um, having that information, I suppose, daily as well as, you know, over a month, a couple of month period of time, you can, it can give you information around your feed quality and what's happened throughout, you know, the wet conditions, how that impacts both your stock intake and therefore their weight gain um, yep. helps you identify, you know, from a parasite point of view, I suppose, is where we've seen a drop off in weight gain. So you can start to overlay that with your worm and counting to see, okay, when, when are the key times? When do we first start to see them drop off in performance? How do they respond after drenching, you know, quantifying how much daily weight gain that worm burden has actually cost us, which although it's already happened, it is useful for, you know, um, your planning going forward. Yeah, definitely. And how would it go across different scenarios, whether we're in a good year or we're in a bad year. Do you see that the role of ag tech could be utilised to make more decisions on the back of efficiency during the harder times, during a drought, just to see how we can improve, save our money, but also make the most of our livestock at that time? Yeah, 100%. I suppose there's nearly even more value in a drought when we're spending a lot of money to maintain our animals. And if they're losing weight, you know, from a megajoule point of view, you're going to have to contribute more megs of energy to rebuild that body condition that it would be to maintain it. So if we can be, you know, ahead of the game as far as checking that it is holding their condition, they're not slipping, that can save us a lot of feed in the long term. Um, I suppose coming through the drought and looking at the wide variety of feed sources that we had access to, um, a lot of the time, you know, the information wasn't comprehensive around you know, how they would perform on those types of feeds. Um, so it's, you know, it's useful for us to be able to trial things and see how they do perform and compare different feed sources just because, you know, trying to feed them as efficiently as you can and really making sure they are doing the weight gain you're planning um, or holding that condition, you know, 
yeah, is hugely valuable when you're in those tight, um, tight times, as well as you can look at, you know, comparing efficiencies of animals in a pasture system. You know, some animals are going to be able to maintain weight where some might be losing, some might be gaining. So you can get an understanding of, you know, your animal efficiency on different types of feeds, um, as well as, you know, it might be, you know, your mob size and their, if you've got shy feeders in a containment feeding system. So I think there's a huge amount of value there using that system and, and looking at what you're doing and um, yep. and trying to improve that outcome. Yeah, I'd be pretty intrigued to see what the outcomes or decisions were or the data fed back through a drought time. Not a fan of drought, obviously, um, but just to see and compare what the good season and the bad season does. So maybe in the next 10 years, fingers crossed, it's not as long as the last one. Um, but just to see how we can work with that. And I think the role of ag tech can play in reducing our labor, especially in summer. We don't want to be out in the paddock in the yards all the time. Um, just to have that data fed back is pretty powerful for the farmer. 100%. And when it comes to tough times, you want to make sure the animals you're retaining and feeding are, are good performers. So I think utilizing your ag tech to, to identify your best performers in that space um, to make sure, you know, you get yeah, you keep feeding the right animals um, is going to be, you know, really useful. Exactly. So the operations that you're working with, your clients, do they, is everyone on top of utilizing OptiWA or ag tech? Um, were they a bit scared in the initial stages? Do you know? Or how does that work out? Because I think like for most companies not in agriculture that have an independent ag tech officer as such, um, but not always the case on farms, is it? We can't just get an officer for ag tech on our farm. How does that work out and who's sort of delegating the decision-making from that? Um, so I suppose adaption of ag tech is coming, you know, from the managers. And I think, yep. you know, it's an education thing that takes time both to, you know, be confident to try new things. Um, and then of course, make sure it's the the right thing that you're investing in. Cause I feel like there's, you know, so many things in the ag tech space at the moment. Um, it can be, you know, hard to make the decision of where, where to start. So yep. I think, you know, that it's been great to have some, some field days, um, you know, be able to educate yourself around, what systems and what ag tech you've yeah is out there and then you know really look at your farm operation and trying to work out where to start but I suppose I think you know it's around building confidence yep. um, I think that's a lot of it just knowing what's out there knowing you know that's going to work um, or at least should work enough to give it a try on your farm. Yeah, I think confidence is key when dealing with something that you're familiar with or maybe your neighbour I think these trials these Build days um, are pretty powerful for farmers. They're great to meet up, but they're also great to see some equipment in action just to see, even just seeing OptiWay the other day sort of clarified a little bit for me uh, at Big Tech, Big Ideas and Dubbo was really good just to see it in the flesh. Um, and then talk to Bill and Henry just to see how it all worked and how it's running for different operations right across the country as well. And I suppose that's where I've been lucky, you know, that we were one of the early people at home to to get one of the systems. So it was an easy conversation to have with my clients because I'd seen yeah. in practice, seen the value um, and can confidently, you know, recommend it to them or, you know, discuss it with them that it might hold some some value for their operation. What was the sort of turning point for your own operation? And did it play out to be pretty similar for your clients as well? 
Um, I think I suppose we're always looking at new ways to to improve what we're doing. Yep. And for us, just weighing stock both practically and logistically is challenging. So having and getting that information um, as up to date and as regular as we can helps, you know, because we're sort of transitioning from a large trading operation to more breeders. But at the time, you know, with trading, trying to forecast weight gain performance, um, you know, to meet contracts, it's all about knowing how our stock are doing in the paddock. So, you know, for us, it was a bit of a no-brainer to look at that system because it, you know, played a huge role in in us, you know, I just lost that last bit. Um, sorry, just froze there. Uh, I think it was just it helps with our planning and ensuring that we can hit weight gain targets for um, meeting contracts. Yeah, definitely. I think that for definitely the like contract side of it, the the value in that um would be really good as well for the cattle producers, those trading um for that as well oh 100 percent. it's all about having even animals even from a breeding side of things you you know if you can have all your steers line up you know they're going to make the grid and ideally be the top end because yeah. often we're targeting a certain you know part of the grid and there's always variation within the mob so i think you know anything we can do to really try and minimize that variation um is going to pay a lot at the end of the day absolutely so for yourself what would be what would you tell other farmers about adopting ag tech, sort of getting over that barrier to entry, um, whether it may be cost for them, logistics, getting it there? Um, the scenarios are all very different. What would you tell other producers out there about getting something that suits them or how to identify something that suits them? I think the first step is probably, you know, looking at their operation and, and highlighting you know, what their, their key um, targets are moving forward or their, their areas that they need to improve. Yep. And then, you know, you can start to identify the ag tech space, ag tech, um, you know, options in that space. But I think yep. getting out to field days is a great way um, of educating yourself. Uh, I think anything where you can try and, you know, understand what systems are out there and, and then making sure it's going to achieve or help support what you're trying to achieve um, but I think field days are definitely a, a good tool and, you know, listening to podcasts, listening, you know, um, to different webinars, you know, there's a lot of new information out there. I think trying to, you know, keep on top of that. So you, you're getting those ideas coming in um, to help inspire, you know, what you want to look at going forward. There's plenty of information out there. You just need to search for a thing. I don't know if it's because I'm in the space of farms advice and the community or whatever, but there's so many webinars coming up about ag tech. Um, you could have one one or two a week coming up just to see what new pieces are doing, new companies are coming on, these startups, what they're doing, and even a fair few out there raising a lot of money just to get to the point where they can service farmers, offer them something that's actually working out in the paddock as well. Exciting sort of space coming up, especially for yourself um, and your position that you're in. Having the little sandbox to the side that you can play with and then also helping out your clients, lifting their productivity levels um, as we all want to do in 22 and onwards. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I I think ag tech, you know, offers both clients and it, and myself, you know, huge amount of value that you can you know help with your planning, um, know what's happening in the paddock in real time, um, yep. which is definitely going to you know help with your decisions going forward. And it probably would have changed your role a fair bit from five years ago or even more about not having these tools in your toolbox. Um, the ag tech essentially you'd have to sort of be out there doing it by eye as well you think oh a hundred percent it's been hugely valuable look it hasn't completely replaced being in the paddock and you know yep. and seeing the stock looking at the pasture um you know that side of things but it's added a whole lot of um i suppose support to that that i can look at the system and go righto and see those cattle um, can look at, you know, the nutritional value, compare that with the weight gain they're doing. So it helps to build my skill base around looking at a pasture and knowing what weight gain they should be doing, which I think, you know, that sort of information is so valuable for, you know, being ahead of the game and looking at animals and knowing straight away they're not doing as well as they should be um, gives you, you know, a good starting point to really try and lift production. Absolutely. And it's also changing the role of the farmer as well. We're adding another hat but also probably reducing a couple of the others as well, reducing our labour um, in some areas of what ag tech's really improving. So it's exciting to see this space sort of unfold and for yourself being on the farm side and also on the client side is very powerful um, and a great contribution to agriculture too, I suppose. But for yourself, what would be one piece of farm advice that you'd like a farmer to take out of today's episode, utilising OptiWay, ag tech in general? What would that be? I I would suggest, you know, don't be afraid to try something new. Um, I think, you know, a lot of these systems offer a whole lot of value and just be confident to try something new and, and really try and lift your production and, and yep. try and improve what you're doing on farm. Yep. Beautiful. I love it. For, um, for yourself, who else would you like to hear on the podcast? Cattle producers, sheep producers? Is there someone out there that you'd like to hear come along? I I think trying to tap into whether it's beef or sheep producers, someone that's, you know, being really progressive in their space. I think it's always refreshing to hear, you know, like um, people's perspective on why they're trying new things and some of the outcomes. I think it's, you know, trying to inspire us to improve what we're doing and, uh, yeah, I think from a producer level and even a consultant level, it's always great to, you know, just hear from guys that are doing it on their farm and, and how they've gone about it and learning from, from what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I get a lot out of it and I'm sure listeners do too, just hearing different sort of regions, different demographics, um, what they're doing, what they're up to and what they're most excited about for farming in the next five to 10 years. But Nikki, thank you very much for coming on the OptiWay series, connecting the data leading into productivity. It sounds like your clients are doing quite well and also you're having some fun in the sandbox prior to any sort of decisions you make with your clients as well. So great to have you on the podcast. For anyone that wants to reach out, get in touch, did you have some channels there? Are you on social media with Henderson Livestock? Yeah, sure. Um. The easiest way, I suppose, is to yeah get in get in touch directly. Um, just sorry, I'm not really sure what to say there around. Do you just want them to contact you via email, or like yeah, yeah email or phone number? Like, all good. 
sorry, I don't have a website or social no, no. media. I've All good. Haven't had to be too progressive with <laughs> with marketing. So to contact you by email. Um, some people just I'll pass on the details if someone wants to get in touch is a good way as well. Yeah, thank you. Too easy. Well, all of the show notes will be available. Um, thank you, Nikki, for coming on to the podcast today just to dissect the operations of your clients, but also a little bit about yourself and your journey into your role in agriculture today. Great to have you on board for the podcast. Thanks, Jack. Thanks very much for having me on board. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice Podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.